You are listening to the Lake Radio. Are listening to the Lake Radio. 
You are listening to the Lake Radio. Live from Stuart Tracks. Ja, god eftermiddag, kære lyttere. God eftermiddag til jer, der sidder herude på pladsen i Stor. Og god eftermiddag til dig, der lytter med et sted ude i verden. Jeg sidder her inde i campingvognen sammen med min medvært William. Jeg hedder Louise, og William Kudal sidder ved siden af mig. God eftermiddag. Hej William. Øhm, det vi hørte lige før, det var et nummer med Sosumo Jo. Kota, som hedder Hagoromo, og jeg tænkte, det var en lidt blid start øh, på vores søndagssending. Det er jo øh, sidste dag på festivalen. Biennalen. Og, ja, på Biennalen her på Stor Tracks. En festival for lyd og lytning. Øh, og mens vi lyttede, der kunne vi se Robert Køkkenven kom svømmende forbi med sin taske øh, på ryggen. Jeg tror måske, han er på vej til at nå et tog videre, øh, men han sendte lige en hilsen. Det var en af de kunstnere, vi hørte en koncert med i, i går aftes. Det var det nemlig. En stor kirke. Dejlig Aarhus-koncert. Det er jo øh, det er jo faktisk eftermiddag, men det kunne godt føles for mig i hvert fald, som om det var øh, morgen. Vi kom lidt sent i seng øh, i går, Louise. Det gjorde vi. Vi havde et, et langt program. Vi var til Aarhus-koncert med Robert Køkkenvand, som svømmede igennem pladsen her. Og så øh, efter det, så øh, var vi på en lille bustur klokken 11, hvor vi sammen med en masse andre øh, gæster tog bussen ud til øh, Ty, hvor øh, det her øh, SMK Ty Museum, hvor vi hørte en midnatsperformance med Marie Kølbæk Iversen. Og det var simpelthen for mig i hvert fald en virkelig dejlig oplevelse, det her med at og sådan tage på den her lidt besværlige og lidt på en eller anden måde umulige udflugt sådan, øh, lørdag aften, efter man har oplevet alle mulige installationer og koncerter, og så, så sætte sig ind i en, en bus kl. 11, og så køre øh, en halv time. Og det var bælragende mørkt. Altså, det var sådan, man kunne simpelthen ikke se noget på hele den bustur, Nej. ud over stjerner. Der var sygt mange stjerner. Ja, så da vi kom ud, var der bare stjernehimmel. ja. Og så stod vi ved den her lade, et sted, som for mig føltes som ude midt i ingenting. I hvert fald et sted, hvor jeg, ikke, jeg anede ikke, hvor vi var. Jeg vidste bare, at der var en lade, og så vidste jeg, at der var en masse stjerner. Og så var der nogen, der serverede te, kamillete med, med honning for os. Lynghonning fra området, tror jeg endda. Og klokken var ved at være midnat. Det sindssygt godt. Det gjorde det. Og så øh, gik vi altså ind og lyttede på... Marie Kølberg Iversen, som sang de her gamle folkesange, mm. som lød helt utrolig smukt. Hun var virkelig en, en, en fantastisk sanger og fortalte de her historier med, hvor sangene kom fra og hvad de handlede om. Du lavede jo et indslag med Marie her, som mm. blev sendt. Var det i går? Ja, der blev øh, sendt et uddrag af en podcast, som vi kommer til at bringe efter festivalen, hvor man kan dykke meget mere ned i det arbejde, Marie har lavet med at øh, finde de her gamle tekster til f- gamle folkeviser, som hun sig selv har sat melodi til. Og det er et utroligt spændende arbejde. Så man kan høre hende fortælle lidt om det, hvis man hører podcasten fra i går, og ellers så kan man 
holde øje med den podcast, der kommer. Det kan man. En meget smuk oplevelse, og, og også utrolig, utroligt fremmed. Altså ved midnat i Tyholm til en samtidskunstudstilling, vil jeg sige. Hvor mange tror du, vi var? 50 mennesker? Ja, det tror jeg faktisk, vi var. Det, var, det synes jeg var imponerende. Ja, men altså også kæmpe shout-out til Robert Køkkenvind, som jeg synes lavede en helt, helt fantastisk all performance også. Og jeg synes, det er en ret vild oplevelse, det her med at prøve at høre ålet blive brugt på nogle lidt andre måder end til kirkesalmer. Ja. Robert Køkkenvind spiller også til det års øh, Organ Sound Art Festival i præcis. København her til december. Så hvis nogen øh, er interesseret i at høre ham igen, eller bare høre ham, så, øh, så får man altså chancen i København senere på året. videre med dagens program, med, med dagens første interview og sådan noget, så starter vi lidt stille ud her fra pladsen, Rådhuspladsen, og øh, vi vil spille lidt mere musik. Her kommer der et øh, stykke musik af Jana Irmert, en øh, tysk komponist og øh, lydkunstner, som, som sådan ikke er, øh, har noget med den her øh, biennale at gøre, men som jeg synes spiller meget sammen med nogle af de ting, der har været, og måske også øh, Melia eh, Rocher, som er en af de kunstnere, som gæster radioen i dag. Så her kommer altså et nummer med Jana Iermert, eh, som hedder Off Air.
Oscar Zulu 3, Echo Delta Romeo calling. Jeg hedder Karsten og sæt ind det Jeg er radioamatør, og I lytter til The Lake Radio. Ja, det var Karsten, radioamatøren, som altså ligesom dig derude måske lytter til The Lake Radio. Og det er jo faktisk ikke en hvilken som helst radioamatør. Det er jo nogen, som holder til her i Struer også. Og vi har mødt dem ved, også ved mange af koncerterne. Og de har lidt vist sig at være nogle virkelig, altså virkelig dygtige og gode til at have her, i, her til festivalen. Har vist også hjulpet lidt til med nogle tekniske problemer indimellem og sådan noget. Så. Og så sidder vi jo i deres campingvogn. Ja, dygtige folk. En af de kunstnere, som... Som gæster i Biennalen, det er Melia Rocher, som er en lydkunstner, som arbejder meget med feltoptagelser. Og hun kommer her i studiet om kvarters tid. Hun lavede en performance i går, og har lavet en performance i dag, som vi skal snakke mere om. Men som en form for lille opvarmning, kan man sige til hendes besøg, så synes jeg, vi skal høre et af de værker, hun tidligere har lavet, som hun sendte her til os på forhånd. Det er et, øh, et lille værk, som, som var kvarters tid, som er forskellige optagelser af, af faner, altså de her øh, hvad siger man, objekter, som, som drejer rundt og puster luft øh, af den ene eller den anden årsag for, for at lave vind. Luftventilation. Øh, hun har optaget forskellige af de her faner, og så har hun øh, kigget på de YouTube-kommentarer, der er på YouTube af folk, der lytter til optagelser af luftfaner, og så læser dem op ind over de her optagelser af luftfanerne. Så det er altså det, er altså det vi kommer til at lytte på her det næste kvarters tid. Og det er Melia Rocher, som altså så vi gæst til radioen her om ikke så længe. Det lyder sådan her. Caring for the home hedder den. I love this sound. It reminds me of going on vacation and being in the hotel room with the family, trying to get to sleep because tomorrow will be a fun day filled with awesome things. sounds so nostalgic for some reason. I've been listening to this for about three years now. Machines have a natural resonance that appeals to the subconscious. I feel like I'm in a blizzard and in a nice cozy infirmary laying down 
drinking hot chocolate. Also, it sounds like I'm driving somewhere for 10 hours. I'm in the only room without windows in my house. So when the AC goes off, it's so deadly quiet that it makes my ears ring. I would even turn on a fan so I could listen to it while going to sleep. I remember going on a cruise once, when I was eight years old, and listening to the ventilation in our cabin made me feel very safe for some reason. This really takes me back. My family had an old one when I was a kid. I love the sound of that thing. It's not the same for me without the room, being at a freezing temperature, the hotel room smell, and my younger brother rolling around in his sleep, pushing me off the bed. It reminds me of the sound that I grew up with. Epic childhood memories of overnight stays in motels during summer vacations, complete with the intermittent muffled noise or chatter from guests in neighboring rooms or walking past outside. This is a very good sound. White noise makes me feel warm inside. That makes my life a little more bearable.
I like that it's loud and capable of blocking out a good amount of neighbor noise. My grandfather used to work night shift, so during the day when he had to sleep, he had a small electric motor hooked up next to the bed, and he'd run that motor during the day just for the sole sake of making noise like this. I grew up loving this sound. Back at my parents' house, my room had an air conditioner that had this similar sound. The heat exchanger was mounted just outside the wall of my room, which also made the glass window hum. This reminds me of the time I took a wrong turn at a hotel I was staying at and wound up in the boiler room that had a similar sound. It was a snowy night and I chatted with the maintenance crew for a while and had to excuse myself later as I told them that the sound was making me very sleepy. They all laughed and said, Welcome to the club. So I would suppose the white noise syndrome is more prevalent than a lot of us have suspected. This conditioner really helps me with my condition. I've been up for about 72 hours straight with intermittent napping due to my father being in a critical condition in the hospital. And these sounds are helping soothe my soul.
I use this video more than any other video on YouTube. It massively helps with my anxiety and helps me sleep. This is really comforting. I would love just to sit down there and let the sound take me away for a while. For my entire life, I thought that I'm the only person in the world that loves to listen to AC sound. But here is more than 700,000 people just like me. I never thought I'd relate to these comments more than I did just now. I love this sound. I love this sound. I love this sound. Listening to the Lake Radio. Ja, vi sidder her i vores campingvogn på Stor Tracks Festival, og øhm, der er jo stadig program på i dag her den sidste dag på festivalen. Øhm, man kan blandt andet høre øh, Ravnhild Mays øh, sang, som hun har skrevet i forbindelse med den her festival. Jyske Monstre, som bliver 
opført af et øh, lokalt kor, der hedder Klang. Øhm, og det kan man opleve her kl. 15 nede øh, på Jyske Råvarer. Og øh, det her værk, det tager sig lidt ligesom øh, Marie Kølbæks øh, sange, som vi hørte i går, så tager Ravnhild Mæges sange også udgangspunkt i de her øh, gamle folkeminder og gamle folkeviser, som hun har øh, dykket ned i, øh, med et særligt udgangspunkt i monstre og vandmonstre. Så hvis man vil høre lidt mere til, hvad det går ud på, så kan man også øh, lytte til det interview, som vi bragte her øh, en af dagene. Jeg kan ikke helt huske, om det var den første eller den anden dag med Ravnhild Maj. Nej, det kan jeg heller ikke. Men det er et sjovt lille overlap, der er mellem de to med det her med sange og monstre og og folkeminder. Ja. Vi er ved at, øhm, der er en gæst, der er ved at komme ind her i øh, vognen bag os. Øh, Melia Rocher er lige kommet øh, her i regnvejret. Og er ved at få sit regntøj af, tror jeg. Så mens hun lige øh, gør det, så tror jeg lige, at øh, Louise hun, øh, går fra sin stol og gør stolen ledet til Melia. Og så spiller jeg lige en lille jingle her. Og så øhm, tror jeg, vi ser velkommen bagefter. right you are listening to the lake radio and uh, now we do a little change in language again because we have a guest in the studio who is a non-danish speaker welcome to uh, the lake the little lake radio studio Amelia. thank you for having me um you are slowly uh, unpacking a few objects here uh, for the table small yes. uh, Small speakers uh, that uh, I was using for the performance on Saturday, and I have ten little speakers with me right now. And in each little box, you have a sound, and I call it like this sound objects. I can maybe um, say that they're like uh, what do you say, like five times five five centimeter, like very small speakers, and then on top of them there are small. Uh, <laughs> Stickers with some of them have words, and uh, this one I'm holding has a little drawing of mm. an ant. Actually, <laughs> it's a um, grasshopper. I'm very sorry. I draw like um, like I don't know how to draw, but at least I understand myself. <laughs> but um, maybe you don't know to draw an uh, ant, but you know how to record the sound of it. Yes. <laughs> so this one is playing the sound of an ant. Uh, no, actually, from a grasshopper. Oh, yeah, sorry, grasshopper. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if I do like this. Oh, yeah. It's pretty loud. 
Yes, because I had to play them in the in the field, so it has to be heard like from some meters away. Yeah. Anyway, um, I can let it run. Melia, you're one of the performing artists on Stroh tracks this year. Um, normally, you live in France. Yes, I live in should I yeah I live in Paris, mm. um, but for the past four years I was in Switzerland, so I know actually a bit more of the Swiss scene than the the French one. Right. But um, but you have happened to spend some time in store before this um, store tracks biennial. You yeah. did uh, a little residency, right? Yeah, I came in June uh, for two weeks and a half. Um, I came by train from Paris, which was quite a journey. Like uh, It was like 25 hours to come and to go back. So the time of the residency was supposed to be three weeks, but it kind of be shortened uh, out. But it was, a, um, it was a nice moment. I was spending a lot of time in the fields. I was expecting to be more in the studio, working on... A live set because I, I come from cinema and uh, sound for film and I really like also this cozy environment of the studio where I don't have to be live you know and I wanted to confront myself with this act of performing and to create a, an ephemeral moment with the public so that's what I've been doing for for the two weeks that I had here and now so it was the, rest the restitution of um, of the residency Right. So you you were invited here, and then you you spent two weeks like preparing somehow the performance that uh, the I and other people experienced uh, yesterday. Exactly. And yeah. also the performance you made today. And the performance I made today it was actually an invitation from uh, Jakob Eriksson, and I think he wanted to see it. <laughs> so I did uh, two kind of very close but very different performances. Yesterday, everyone was free in the fields. They could sit or they could walk around. And I had a four-channel composition that I made with recordings that I have been doing here. And they were played as loud as the soundscape which was around. So it was very quiet. And then I had those 10 little boxes uh, with kind of ob sound ob object that were moving around and my actions were kind of caring, transporting, but also the act of caring for, for those tiny, tiny sounds that are still remaining in the soundscape and just playing them back because I've been interested in, in this acoustic enrichment experiment um, and it's the idea of this, I have to stop the grasshopper, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. disturbing me. It's funny. <laughs> um, The idea of um, acoustic enrichment is to play back some soundscapes in an area uh, in order to regenerate right, like or to have a positive impact in a place. They were doing this, um, I think, for the first time with some coral reef. Uh, they were playing back underwater the sound of healthy coral reef with a lot of uh, fishes, uh, with a lot, like a lot of. Uh, biodiversity that, that you could hear and some plankton and algae, they, there is a scientific name that I don't remember, but yeah. there is one, uh, were actually being attracted uh, into the reef that were starting to bleach. And because they were attracted by the sounds, the, the reef were actually being slowed down in their bleaching. Wow. So I was really amazed by this way of using sound in order to do good. Somehow, like I using, I'm using this 
I don't know how to call it in English. In French, we say guillemets, but like, yeah. it's kind of having a positive inction by playing back. Mm. And while kind of searching about this aspect of what sounds do we miss or what sounds could, could we play, it kind of brought me to two different directions. One was a more speculative one, like a kind of having imaginary sphere or, or also thinking of what was the soundscape of this place where I was playing yesterday, like 50, 50 years ago, or uh, how, what was the, the soundscape evolution of, uh, of this area. But also, is really playing back again some sound is not like a like an intrusive action again and should we not be just silent so i had very different <laughs> uh, approaches to to the same idea of like okay i want to have a positive um impact in the work that i'm doing like i want to to give sense to what i do and uh for now it's just attempts and uh i would like to research about this mm. but uh I'm still looking for the right frame to do it. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm just in my head. I'm kind of mind blown about this uh, uh, term that you said about uh, sound. What did you call it when you add a sound to an environment? Uh, acoustic enrichment. Acoustic enrichment. I've never heard about this before, but I, I just, yes, so uh, excited about this story you talked about, like how sounds could sort of make an environment uh, grow richer somehow, mm. and like how sounds can nurture an environment, of course. Um, it's really interesting in terms of, yeah, like art in public space also, of course, because uh, sound in public space is often talked about as polluting or uh, intrusive or this thing, and then trying to think of how can it, yeah, what do you say, like nurture an environment or be good, as you say, or and um, lack of a better word. Yeah, there is a better word. Oh my god, I'm losing my English. Mm. I will. It will come back because we. I. I was now in contact with um, some researcher um, in Berlin that are working on soil ecology, and we were asking those questions regarding soil. You know, like what would be the the sound of a healthy soil square? Like mm. how does it sound? Mm. And if we play back this healthy sound recordings into a soil which is, I don't know, super poor or like there is no animal, like it's completely dead. Is it helping the, the plants to grow a bit there or is it attracting some soil animals that are then making the, the soil more livable place for plants or fungi? Or mm. And then we everything is a bit linked together and it's also kind of easy I found to go in a bit esoteric way of like oh everything is vibration uh, everything has ears or we listen differently or whatever but when we are now starting to go looking into phytoacoustics and like okay maybe uh, plants uh, you know are p or like we, we can see this with some flowers you know like they have been uh, proving that some flowers are, are releasing certain amount of sugar when a bee is uh, flying next to next to them. So what is this like? And we also then play the sound of certain uh, bee flying, so the flowers are producing more nectar. Like mm. you know, mm. and uh, I know this also has been used. I, I was uh, like two weeks ago uh, in in Switzerland with um, 
a scientist and artist called Juan Lopez, who is investigating with uh, insect communication into, into the vibroscape. So it's actually sound that are produced only by vibration. And he's using some laser microphone to record them. And he was telling me about a study of um, a certain beetle. Uh, when there are three of them, like a male, a female, and another male, the male is actually producing a vibration which is kind of disturbing the mating of the male and the female uh, insect. And so they have been using the sound of this vibration, like this third male uh, recording, in two places where the beetles, uh, certain beetles were actually like parasites. Mm. And so instead of using pesticides, they are using playback recordings of these typical sounds, so it, so the reproduction of those parasites is going down. Mm. So it's also, I mean, I kind of like this use of sound to, I mean, it's an it's an alternative of pesticides somehow. It's, I don't know, I'm completely fascinated. So yeah, the idea of the <laughs> of the of the performance is kind of to play also with it and and to have um, yeah and to have a, an experience of like what sounds could we kind of curate or like mm. what do we want to add or or to keep or to yeah to keep to keep to keep a trace somehow yeah i'm just thinking about also the word recipro reciprocity or this kind of both way interaction or like uh, give something and take something in terms of sound also um in and also in terms of of what sounds can sort of uh Yeah, like because all all sounds or actions will affect other and like in some ways, but also it's not only in a yeah intrusive way, but it can also sort of help somebody have a live in certain ways or uh, something like this. I mean, we see it a lot with humans, like just playing back some sounds in a in an environment. I don't know. Uh, I know in France, like they put some classical music in parking lots. So people don't feel like it's a creepy place. Like mm. it's also, of course, that has impact on us. Yeah. Yeah, of course, and <laughs> it's also like more like uh, understanding that that's the reality. That of course all sounds has an effect somehow. Right. But um, when I went to your uh, performance, uh, I was yeah we were sitting together in like or walking together. Um, And there were four speakers around us, and then you were walking around with these tiny speakers, placing them various places. And what was um, what uh, um, was the same for all the speakers was that they were playing at a quite a low volume. Uh, so as you say, they were sort of playing at the same level as the uh, environment, our environmental sounds around us. So it had this effect for me and for others. I assume that. You weren't really sure which sounds came from speakers and which sounds came from the environment. Both when it sort of started and also when it ended, you weren't really sure, like if, because of course there were there were some sounds left when the piece was over, but they could come from the speaker, but they could also come from somewhere else. And there was a, a very nice moment where I was uh, sitting and listening, and I, I don't think I even had my eyes closed but I was just hearing this bee quite close to my ear and I was sure it was a, like a real bee so to speak but then a few seconds later I saw you going around with this speaker like performing the bee with the speaker and like taking it very close to people's ears and further away and it was really fascinating being this 
soundscape where uh, which came from speakers but with such um space spatial distance so to speak like where some sounds came so close to you and some were so far away it's not i was thinking that it's not very often you get to hear that with speakers like such a distance yeah. or such a uh, space um so thank you for that Yeah, it's actually very close to sound massage, you know, like uh, like to perform acts of caring or he not healing, but uh, having a, like this act of coming close to someone's ear and perform a sound. I mean, it's... What is sound massage? Um, how do you say massage in English? It's massage, I massage, think. Massage, yeah. yeah. It's, um, um, it's a practice that uh, I've been discovering uh, by Franz Loriot, where it's kind of this live ASMR. For example, I'm taking this cashew box. Cashew nuts. <laughs> cashew nuts. Yeah. And, you know, it's like this tiny sound played very close to your ear and it kind of triggers like this like this automatic like this ASMR or, or Mediterranean I don't know the name the 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 acronym but um but it kind of has a physical impact uh, on you and for for me like this practice of a sound massage using no matter what objects coming close to your ears sometimes performing with uh, flowers or things that smell or it's something that I do a lot and it's you can see it now with the speakers it's also something that we take back i don't know maybe we can take the sound of the bee yeah let's let's try some of them Look. so now melia is turning on the the small speaker or one of the small speakers my favorite one is the The blackbird. All the names are written in, in Fran French, so I'm not sure what it means. But there's a Verdier. I don't know in English. Wh what is it? Is it a what it's is a it bird an that uh, we've been I've been recording here. Now we're in a forest. Oh. This is also a bird from here. <laughs> And then there's a moose. It's a fly. So during the performance, you would take these small speakers and you would go around and place them, some very far away and some closer. I also like this kind of dystopian vibe, you know, where every insect is now a little robot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go in this direction at all, but it's also kind of a critique of where we are heading, right? But all these... 
um, recordings on these small speakers, they are recorded around store? So most of them, yes. And some, are like for example, the Bouvray, uh, the, this one is a bird that I contacted here, but I used the recording from somewhere else. Also because I didn't want to use the sounds of the exact same birds here because I thought maybe it would trigger them. Now it's kind of an okay time to play those sounds around because the mating period is off. Like we are the late August, uh, all the babies are <laughs> now born or dead, but um, at least the birds have other activities than mating, so it's okay. Especially for the blackbird, I was using some recording that I've been doing here, but I kind of changed them. So just using the, the end part of one call, but putting it in another part, kind of transferring the calls. So it's not like it looks the same, but it's not exactly the, the birds which were, which were here. Mm. So I was just also thinking of, of that. Um, there is also some drops. Drops? Um, yes, yeah, a bit of water. Yeah, let's try it. Okay, now it kind of sounds like, you know, this was recorded yesterday, <laughs> just before the performance, okay. because we were a bit uh, unlucky with the weather. It started raining just as the performance was about to start, so it, and it, it made it a little bit harder to hear the sounds, like yeah. the other sounds, so to speak. And then there were also some funny kids saying like like mimicking bird sounds or something like this, like yeah. <laughs> when you're not um, doing projects like this, you uh, are working. In, you work in film also, as you said. Yeah, I work mostly in post-production, and I also record for sound libraries. Right. Um, yeah, as in, um, I like to work with the immersive format. Uh, so um, I developed uh, with my colleague uh, who was here, Grégoire. Maybe also some of the recordings that you played were made with him. Yeah, um, we played some of them uh, yesterday and the day before. Um, we developed uh, what we call the Atmos tree. So it's a rig of nine microphones that are placed with a star of seven arms and another layer of two and this is a type of recording that is specialized for Dolby Atmos mixing film and it's cinema theater that have uh, speakers on the ceiling and so we are recording in this native Atmos format it's really big mm. <laughs> it's like a two meter and it's 13 kilo but uh, at least we are together in the forest recording sounds, so everything is fine. We are just facing a, a lot of sound pollution because everywhere in France, it's like you have planes everywhere. So it's really hard to to look for silence. But I, um, at least I really enjoyed um, listening to your pieces and uh, and I really enjoy your um, your your way of, of uh, approaching. Uh, listening and, and uh, playing back sounds. Um, so thank you so much, Milia, for both guesting the radio here, but also making these two performances. Um, 
I hope you'll enjoy the rest of uh, Store Tracks. Yes, thank and, you very um, much. I will now watch your film. <laughs> please do, <laughs> or feel free. Um, see you around. Yeah, see you. Thank you very much. Listening to the Lake Radio. Ja, og øhm, her i forgårs, der var vi til koncert med Thomas Ankersmith i, øh, i det lokale, der bliver kaldt Kuben. Er det ikke rigtigt? Et ret særligt rum, som øh, jeg ved engang, hvor højt der er til loftet, men der er ekstremt højt til loftet, og øh, så sidder man rundt i sådan en firkant, sådan lidt amfiteater nærmest agtigt. Ej, det er det jo ikke helt, men man sidder i hvert fald i nogle niveauer, og så kigger man ned øh, på det, der foregår i midten, og der stod øh, Thomas Ankersmith og spillede af, det er jo sådan en særlig øh, synthesizer, han spillede på. Kan du huske, øh, hvad den hedder, William, for det er sådan en, som mange kender, men jeg kender den faktisk ikke. Øhm, den hedder en Serge, men øh, ellers er jeg sikker på, at Thomas Ankersmith, han øh, selv fortæller det lige om lidt. Ja, fordi at Rasmus Kleve øh, har lavet et interview øh, med Thomas Ankersmith, som øh, vi vil høre nu her. Well, so my name is uh, Thomas Ankersmith, and I'm a musician based in Berlin normally. And my understanding is that we're inside a speaker testing facility, and it's very photogenic, but you can't see that on the radio, of course. So we are in a in a cube shaped room essentially uh, it's 12 by 12 by 12 meters i think so we're sitting in this square box where the bang and olufsen company at least used to test their loudspeakers so it's a scientific it's a kind of a sound lab it's a scientific um or engineering uh, testing facility for sound equipment and there's these uh, kind of concrete stairways on the on the floor so it's also a little bit kind of like a brutalist uh, amphitheater somehow
I make music for analog modular synthesizer, in particular the Serge modular synthesizer, which is uh, an analog modular synthesizer from the, from 1973. So this year is the 50th anniversary. And it's been my main instrument since, I think, to around 2006. When, when I play tonight, I'll have a laptop also with samples of the same instrument. But so every sound um, is tonight is either from this uh, kind of vintage synthesizer or it's a sample of the same instrument. Modular synthesizers are the original synthesizers. Um, um, they tend to look like a old school like telephone patch bay so it's basically just a control panel with lots and lots of knobs and cables and switches um, and the modular aspect simply means that there are different the instrument consists of different modules that all have their own function one of them might produce frequencies and one might produce noise and one might be able to change those frequencies or those noises in some way um, so it's also kind of like a Lego brick um, approach where you have this machine in front of you with different sections that all have their own function, but you kind of program it in a way by connecting or you design a sound by connecting different, connecting cables to different inputs and outputs. So by connecting all these cables that are hanging out of the machine, or you start off with the machine with no cables, you start off with no connections, and then the machine can't make any sounds, but you uh, connect the different modules with cables and there, and that's how you can shape a sound. So it's a kind of sound laboratory for me. Now that the machine is 50 years old, it becomes certainly to me quite apparent how ahead of its time the machine was and how, and or how timeless it seems because, so I play an analog synthesizer, but I'm not interested in the sort of retro or um, uh, nostalgia aspect of it or the sort of retro kitsch or something of like oh this sounds very 60s or very 70s or something um, to me it feels co entirely contemporary um, and I think it's an interesting 
kind of challenge your paradox to you know to kind of grow up listening to laptop music and listening to like you know mego records and this sort of kind of growing up listening to like glitch laptop noise music but to play an analog instrument and then kind of a lot of my sounds sound kind of digital but they're they're simply analog but there can be this interesting kind of cross-pollination i think and it's not just you know it's not just my stuff like that can be said about a lot of people at this point that electronic music is now so old <laughs> we've had electronic music and electronic music equipment for so long that we can kind of go back and forth in time where you can you know some people use analog some people use computers to emulate analog sounds right there's all these all these virtual instruments and plugins virtual synthesizers that many of them emulate the classic vintage synthesizers right um i've never used those but i but supposedly they've become very good at simulating that and in a way sometimes i do the opposite like i use it <laughs> i use a, a big heavy heavy to schlep around analog synthesizer to make kind of like digital crunch uh, glitch sounds um i'm an i'm an outer deduct i never studied music or composition or something and i can't play any instruments in a normal sense so my interest was kind of as it since teenage times on was in sort of yeah finding kind of the hidden noises in in electrical circuitry so in a way kind of circuit bending hardware hacking type very low tech low tech analog noise approach which you know as a 16 year old is what you can get like I, my first instrument was literally like a, a broken radio that I found in the trash or something. Um, and I was making feedback noises with that and putting my fingers directly on the electrical contacts and stuff. And in a way, that's still what I do.
what I'll be doing tonight is I'll be triggering some Serge samples that I recorded, you know, previous weeks in my studio on the same instrument, and I'll send them back into the Serge for further processing. It has a preamp, so you can send samples into it, or a guitar, or a microphone, or whatever. Um, and it has all these different sound processing modules that most certainly most early synthesizers didn't have, like wave wave folders, wave shapers, wave multipliers, um, like four different kinds of filters, a delay, a frequency shifter, EQ, stuff like that. Um, so it goes it goes far beyond the the traditional perspective of sort of oscillator filter VCA. Um, and it was sold without a keyboard, which, I mean, I have nothing against keyboards, but I don't know how to use them, so I don't need one. And it just means that you can connect a keyboard, um, but Serge never sold a traditional, you know, black and white keyboard. Serge and I talk sometimes on the phone or on email or something. Um, and we haven't seen each other in real life in quite a while. He's n he's not in good health, but he's uh, so he's uh, reluctant to travel. Um, but he uh, we met a few years ago in Paris, and I played a concert in Paris for the for the GRM uh, festival. Um, and he was there, and yeah, he said afterwards, or he wrote afterwards, that um, that there was not a single sound in the concert that he could recognize as coming from his instrument, and the whole concert was played on only his instrument. <laughs> so, that, I mean, that's a testament to that's a testament to the genius of his design, in the sense that if you can design an instrument that's so open that as the inventor you can sit there for forty minutes and listen to somebody playing it and they're making sounds where you for 40 minutes have no idea how they would be made, but they're made on the machine that you designed, then you've designed a really versatile machine, right?
if you want to really develop your own sound, you're going to have to break the rules, right? Um, you know, any instrument, of course, whether, again, whether that's acoustic or electronic hardware or software, has, you know, traditions and cliches and um, things that are very easy to do and very obvious and that the instrument sort of guides you to. Um, and I kind of grew up in the noise scene, in the improv scene, maybe like the noise scene in New York and the improv scene in Berlin. And, and the improv scene in Berlin is full of people who play very conventional instruments, whether that's piano or guitar or trumpet or percussion, in, you know, radically abstract sort of informed by computer music, informed by musique concrète. Um, and I take a similar approach to the synthesizer in a way, just this sense of, okay, let's just forget what it's supposed to do and and dig around in what it can also do. And of course, that's not everybody's cup of tea, but uh, but it's the kind of sound world that I'm interested in, yeah. You are listening to The Lake Radio. You are listening to the Lake Radio. Live from Stuart Tracks. Ja, velkommen tilbage her på pladsen i Struer. Øhm, vi sidder her på Rådhuspladsen i campingvognen. Maja William lige lidt endnu, inden Frederik tager over. Øhm, og vi kan måske lige sige det sidste af programmet i dag... Øhm, fordi altså her om 10 minutter øh, spiller Ravnhild Maj, øh, eller hendes øh, værk Jyske Monstre bliver opført af koret Klang på Jyske Råvarer. Øh, og så senere her klokken 7 øh, kan man høre HMOT. Jeg ved ikke om det udtales på en bestemt måde. Jeg har hørt nogen sige det på en måde, men jeg kan ikke gengive det. Nej, men det er altså også en live performance øh, på Jyske Råvarer og til allersidst slutter vi hele festivalen af med ensemblet MidtVest kl. 20 på Jyske Råvare. Det gør vi. Så er der mange ting at se frem til. Men lige om lidt, der har vi altså et lille værnsgifte. Og vi takker af for denne gang, Louise. Ja. Og så overlader vi trygt mikrofonerne til Frederik Heidemann. Inden det skal vi lige høre sig musik som sådan en form for overgang. Jeg tænkte, vi kunne høre et lille, lille track af Kaiser Lindgren, som hedder Momentary Harmony. Det lyder godt. Tak for nu, Louise. Ja, selv tak, William. Det har været en kæmpe fornøjelse. Det har det. Thank you. 
Oscar Zulu 3, Echo Delta Romeo calling. Jeg hedder Karsten Osadin DZZ. Jeg er radioamatør, og I lytter til The Lake Radio. Så har vi altså haft et værtsskifte her i studiet, hvor William og Louise de er bevæget sig ud af campingvognen og ind er jeg kommet, Frederik, som skal holde jer med selskab den næste times tid hernede på øh, Rådhuspladsen i Struer, hvis det er der, man lytter fra, eller derhjemme i stuerne på internettet. Man kan jo lytte på thelakeradio.com, og vi sender i anledning af Struer Tracks biennalen for lyd og lytning. Der har været mange lyde i Struer i... Øh, i denne uge, altså lyde af forskellige karakter og grad, der har været meget stille lyde. Vi har lyttet til noget natur lige før øh, i nogle små højtalere. Man har lyttet til kirkeovl, og øh, i går aftes, eller i går nat faktisk, var mange af os i Ty og lyttede til gamle folkesange ved midnat. Der er også øh, i går aftes, inden, man tog til, inden der blev kørt busser til Ty, så var der et, også et ret fascinerende, lydligt fænomen nede på havnen, hvor vi var nogen, der tilfældigvis droppede ind i et biltræf, der øh, fandt sted nede på havnen. Øh, og vi har lavet et lille kort øh, rapportageindslag derfra, hvor vi øh, fik snakket lidt med nogen, øh, som altså havde kørt deres biler ned og holdt på rædder række nede langs øh, molen, og folk kom susende ind med både biler og motorcykler og alle slags motorkøretøjer, der kunne være på land og vand. Vi bringer en lille rapportage lavet af Louise fra, det, fra biltræffet i går. Hej, mit navn er Hanne. Vi står med på havnen i Struer. Det er The Lake Radio. Fordi at øh, der er træf, og jeg det er sådan med veninde. Yeah. Og jeg synes, det er nogle øh, fede biler, og der kommer også nogle fede motorcykler en gang imellem, så jeg synes, det kunne være rigtig fedt at komme ned og sige hej og se alle de fine ja, maskiner. Ja, det er klart. Mm. Har, I, øh, har du også en motorcykel? Eller? Nej, jeg, jeg er kun 16, og jeg kører tit med min veninde og hendes kæreste. Sidder du så bagpå, eller hvordan? Ja, ja. ja, det er lidt skiftevis, hvem jeg kører med. Okay, så de, I har kørt sammen herhen i dag? Nej, jeg har kørt med min kæreste. Okay. Har I så set noget, I godt kunne lide her iblandt? Noget, I synes, det var fedt? Ja, der er i hvert fald nogle fine motorcykler lige dernede. Det er der. Ja. Okay, kan I have en rigtig god aften? Tusind tak og lige måde. Kan vi lige få lidt gas igen? Ja. 
Jeg tror, vi har den her. Det er gode bass herinde. Ja, for fanden det er lækkert. Det mangler meget indstilling. Jo, men det er, det er godt på vej derhen. Tak for demonstrationen. Tak for turen, man lige vil sige her. Jeg hedder Chris Grønberg, og I lytter til The Late Radio. Sådan lød det altså nede på havnen i går. Og om der blev kørt ræs ude ved Excelbyg, det, det vil rygterne måske berette om hernede på torvet. Vi, vi var desværre ikke dernede til at opleve det. Men tak til alle de søde mennesker, der lå os optage lyde af deres monsterfede biler. Det var rigtig hyggeligt. Det, der skal ske i den næste time af programmet, det er, at vi får en gæst mere faktisk. Måske... Festivalens sidste gæst i Lake Radios campingvogn, det er den islandske kunstner Solei, som har haft et indslag på de sidste to dage af festivalen her. Og jeg vil snakke mere om, hvad det værk, som Solei har lavet, går ud på, når hun kommer på besøg. Men det er i hvert fald en lille form for teaser for, at vi får en gæst inden for den næste halve times tid. Indtil da, så vil jeg spille lidt musik for jer, og øh, holde radioerne varme derude, så øh, hæng på og lyt med. Oh, yeah. 
no doubt Fuck this mattress can't do it Take the train To a place in the bedroom Blow air to the Thank you.
how high the moon? Did you see the pink strawberry supermoon in June? Or the orange September harvest moon rising over the Oakland hills on a fogless night? What about the August sturgeon moon that looked blue? The moon is 4.5 billion year old debris after impact between Earth and Mars. The Apollo 11 landed there in 1968. I wonder what the view of the Earth looked like 238,900 miles or one light year away. Its crust, mantle, and core changing colors each month. From Earth, I can see its Maria or lunar planes and some of its 300,000 craters when I zoom in with my Nikon Coolpix P510. There was a face on the crescent moon in October. It was looking down at me at the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel, Berkeley Marina, before the fog rolled in. Maybe it was Shang-Gi, the Chinese immortal moon goddess, who swallowed the pill of immortality. Her husband, Hu Yi, sought the Queen Mother of the West to ban the mortality punishment cursed on him by the Jade Emperor for killing his nine sons. Shang-Gi rose up into the heavens until she landed on the moon. The full hunter's moon of October invokes the Greek goddesses, Selene, goddess of the moon, and the goddess of the hunt, Artemis of Mount Latmos. They reminded us that they resurrected the island of Patmos after it sank into the sea. In December, Iman Yah, the Yoruba moon goddess, of the ocean, motherhood, and children rises during dusk over the pine trees at the Strawberry Canyon Fire Trail in the hills above UC Berkeley before she reaches her fullest point. Venus sets to the west and Jupiter rises to the east. A few days later, Iman Yah is dressed in her fine evening gown of turquoise, orange, and black. In Brazil, people dress in white and flock to the Copacabana Beach in Rio de Janeiro to offer her jewelry, perfume, combs, lipstick, white flowers, and mirrors. On the 2nd of January, the new wolf moon shines against the purple dusk sky. As it begins to wane on January 23rd, it makes a silver half circle in the morning sky. The February snow moon is my favorite. At sunset, it rises gleaming in white and pink. In the darkness, it peeks through the black clouds, shining gold. By the time my birthday comes around, it has completely waned. As daylight saving time arrives in March, the crow moon lingers over downtown Berkeley at 4.15 in the afternoon signaling the end of winter is near and the crows will make their last cause of the season. When the moon hits your eye like a big piece of pie, that's amore. I'll take the moon any way it presents itself to me, whether it's only a paper moon, the moon river, the old devil moon, the shine on harvest moon, the moon over Miami, the blue moon, many moons ago, or Joy Harjo's moon as in 
What moon drove me to this? Moon, what will we do without you? The star that spices up the sky. Thank you.
You are listening to the Lake Radio. You are listening to the Lake Radio. Live from Stuart Tracks. Du lytter altså til The Lake Radio. Her har vi haft et lille musikmix, mens vi ventede på, at vores næste gæst kom i studiet. And now I'll switch to English, because um, the next conversation will be in English. We have the guest Soleil, who is an artist represented at Stroer Tracks this year. Hi, Soleil. Hi. So you had a piece uh, today and yesterday in the old slaughter building, the slaughterhouse of Struer, which is called Dansk and Danish Duck. And uh, I got to experience it today. It's been an open work uh, that you could experience in some time frames. Could you shortly say what has been happening in those time frames today and yesterday? Yes, so it's um, it's a work called The Electromagnetic Sense. It's a new piece. It was the first time it was being presented. And uh, it's what I call a participatory installation or some people could also call it an instrument. So it's a well wearable instrument that the audience can put on and wear. And they get this uh, electromagnetic microphone or sensor so they can listen to electromagnetic waves. That is like listen to electricity and the energy that it uh, transmits. And then this is uh, translated to a transducer, which is a type of uh, speaker that is then sitting very tight on the body. So it becomes this... Uh, like uh, physical tactile vibrations on the body as you sense the electricity and uh, for me it's um, it's very much about this like how we sense the environment and how we sense what is around us and how we listen to it and it's a part of um, a series of uh, instruments that are I'm working on this is actually the first one that is being presented that is called self sensory instruments so well as a We name suggests yeah yeah we should talk much more about okay, that sorry. but <laughs> yeah. uh, i think that uh, when i got in touch with you to uh, have a, a talk about uh, your piece you suggested uh, quite brilliantly that i should come and experience the piece and do a recording of this walk while i would sort of expl- explain to people what i was experiencing so i came by earlier and made this recording and i think that we should uh, listen to that now Jeg er lige blevet udstyret med et form for lytteapparat. Det er en bæltetaske omkring livet og en højtaler omkring brystet på mig. Og i min venstre hånd har jeg så fået en lille sort mikrofon. Den her mikrofon den kan altså opfange elektromagnetisk lyd, og det er det som Soles værk går ud på. Der ligger en masse små sædler på bordet her, og jeg tror det er meningen at jeg skal tage et par stykker af dem. Og nu er jeg altså klar til at bevæge mig ind i det nedlagte andeslagteri, dansk and. 
den her mikrofon skulle efter sine kunne høre elektromagnetisk lyd, altså lyd, der kommer ud af strømførende objekter. Og så er det ellers bare med at gå på jagt herinde. Jeg kan se en form for kontakt her. Der var ikke så meget lyd i den. Man kan høre den ligesom summer, lige så stille. Og det kan jo være fordi, jeg er udstyret med optageudstyr og en telefon i lommen og hvad den ellers kan høre. Herinde der er der et eller andet, der giver lyd fra sig. Hvad er det? Det er altså væggen, jeg lytter på nu. Der er den her tone. Sædlen, som jeg har i hånden, den har noget tekst på sig, og der står How do your headphones sound? Jeg prøver lige at stikke mikrofonen op til hovedtelefonerne. Der var en anden form for summe i den. Jeg er inde i et tomt rum med en masse kabler liggende på gulvet. Kabler hængende fra loftet. Det er som om, jeg har bevæget mig et godt stykke væk fra indgangen. Her er der en stor metaldør. Der er nogle knapper her. videre i det næste rum. Her er der en port. Jeg tror, det er en gammel indlæsningsrampe, hvor man har kunne køre lastbiler op for at både læse ud og ind af fabrikken. Der er en 
elektrisk boks, som er koblet til den her port. Og det er som om, jeg kan mærke, at der er en dyb lyd, der kommer fra den. virkelig mærke fra den højtaler jeg har på brystkassen det er lidt sådan en form for massage lidt videre ind til det næste rum her er der en palleløfter hvis jeg stiller mig op på den så kan jeg komme ind til det her sikringsskab Det føles lidt sjovt at gå rundt i den her bygning, som ikke længere har den funktion at være slagteri. Alle dem, der arbejder her, er her ligesom ikke længere. Når man lytter på den her måde, så bliver man ligesom opmærksom på, at strømmen den stadig er i bygningen. Jeg er nu tilbage ved Et af de første rum, jeg var ved. Her står der nogle planter. Og nogle små apparater ligger på 
gulvet og laver lyd. Jeg prøver at høre, hvordan det lyder, hvis jeg tager mikrofonen ned til dem. Man kan høre sådan en lille tone komme frem. Prøver at fjerne mikrofonen igen. Der var den igen. Jeg prøver lige ting af de andre apparater. bevæge mig tilbage mod indgangen. stykke elektronik, der er i gang med at oplade et enkelt batteri. Der er plads til otte batterier, men der sidder kun et i. Jeg prøver lige at høre, hvordan det lyder. stikker af.
quite crazy. But is it doing a feedback or is it... <laughs> a little cliffhanger at the end. <laughs> Do you know if it's doing feedback to answer this question that was posed? Uh, I No, I don't think so. Well, from the batteries, no, I don't think it's feedback, but I wonder if it's something has to do with something with the electronic circuit that it like uh, cuts it off and that's why it gets so high. Or just the, well, the waves from the battery charger itself. How did it feel to to listen to this uh, recording of me walking around in the slaughterhouse? I thought it was really nice. I think um, I think for me it's like um, part of making a kind of participatory work like this one is uh, it's very important to you know give people the freedom and then enjoy what they discover because they will always discover something that you didn't do yourself. Yeah, it's interesting because you get to think of what is questions of what artistic ownership is when you pose a a work that's so open like many different factors play into this recording like where i chose to go the the sounds that came from installations that other artists had made and electricity that's already wired into a building but then in connection with this instrument that you made do you have any thoughts on on that in terms of uh, why you chose to work like this uh, i think it's very much for me about presenting kind of a tool or an instrument. And in this context, I also think like instrument, yeah, more as a device or a tool, like not necessarily a musical instrument, although it can be and is maybe. Um, so the work itself is like giving people this instrument to figure something out. And it's a, it's a sensory device. So it's like, in a way, attempting to give people a new set of a sense. And um, yeah, I hadn't thought about it in the terms of artistic, Ownership <laughs> becomes <laughs> it sounds very uh, lawful or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, I do really enjoy this kind of okay. Go and figure it out. Uh, it creates a. Um, it's very much yeah, like you say about the space and a spatial experience, but also sometimes like a social experience. Uh, try to navigate and figure this out. But I've also had. Previously, in another work that I made was also like a participatory installation. Uh, people getting very pissed off because they didn't, they didn't think the work was giving them anything. And I or someone at some point used the word interactive, and then they were very pissed off that the interactive part was not giving them anything. They were supposed to kind of use it themselves. And I thought this was very funny. So that was also why I was like, okay, maybe I will give people some instructions for what to explore to what to find out. But then when, for example, other artists use it, they just get very like, oh, look what I found, I did this. Like, uh, And that for me is great because then they discover something I hadn't thought about. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about the choice of location? I mean, it was of course in conjunction with the festival and the different pieces that were also presented there. So it was a logistical question, I, I can imagine. but. But uh, what were your thoughts on working in this kind of abandoned factory location using this kind of instrument? I mean, I can imagine that it could be utilized in all sorts of places. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't actually particularly choose a location myself, but I definitely see that like it was a good place. Mm. I think maybe it's like good to have 
you know, it's a good place because it has a lot of variety of things. And it's a little bit funny to tell people like, oh, go see the other installations with this thing. It becomes like a meta, meta work. But um, no, it was, I thought it was a really interesting place because you had a really balanced mix of, of uh, you know, new devices, digital devices, screens and speakers and... Uh, and all these computers running the thing, and then you had this like old messy factory with a lot of old things that you're not even sure if they work or what's coming out of them, and they might not even be very secure electricity. Like I know they were wiring something specially for this installation, so like there might be a difference between those two generations of electricity. So I, yeah, I think in that sense, I thought it was a very interesting place, and people also went very far into the building, which was kind of a maze, and found some things that I don't even know what they were but like yeah you didn't always know where the waves were coming from I had a really fun experience of uh, as you also mentioned in the beginning uh, having this altered state of perception for the things that are around you and you're used to looking very much at things but with this device you could activate a sort of sixth sense it almost felt like and for that, for me, that was really um, activated through the 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 speaker or the transducer uh, that you had on your chest, because because you really felt like this arm or uh, you almost forgot that you were holding a microphone at some points, and it felt like your arm was the thing that was getting closer, because because this very direct stimulation of of the body is uh, is so clear in the way that your mind perceives it. Um, you talked briefly before about this term called self-sensory instruments. Yeah, self-sensory instruments, yeah. Please enlighten us on okay. what, what that term means. Um, well, basically it's like, let's say, a series of works that this is actually the first one that is presented, um, which is, like you said, this kind of sixth sense uh, idea, maybe. Uh, I mean, principally you can't you can't really make a new sense, right? You're always, we're always, at least in the current uh, neuropsychology limitations we live in, uh, can't give people a new sense. So, um, but the question is also, I think, the way we think about our environment, the surroundings, the question is like, do you also actually need a new sense or do we just not know how to use the ones we currently have? So it goes a little bit with this idea of like, Okay, what if we kind of reintroduce the senses we already have in a different context? Will we experience them differently? And maybe more importantly, like, will you experience them differently when you then take this device off and you go back to your real world? And uh, I think of this as a little bit, um, you know, because there's so many people I'm concerned with climate change and just the environment in general, and also that we are becoming so digitalized and focused on our devices so I think I'm thinking of this a little bit as a way of tuning in you know like a meditative thing that, that like okay maybe if we can tune better into the senses we already have maybe we can contribute better to the environment it's very hypothetical of course but but still um yeah can we can we listen better to our senses I think that's a really uh, nice point um one thing I was also thinking of was uh, there's a lot of people with theories about these uh, electromagnetic uh, um, signals, uh, some more maybe uh, 
conspiracy-like than others. I've heard a lot of people talking and a lot of devices being made that claims to be able to communicate with ghosts through electromagnetic uh, um, signals. And I've always always thought that that sounded a little bit far-fetched from for my understanding of the technique. But I actually got a very strong feeling of being in touch with some kind of at least pictorial ghost walking around in this abandoned room and feeling these uh, electrical signals that were so reminiscent of people and work being done there and machines operating and the fact that everything was still every every light was turned off but you could then experience um like signals coming from somewhere that you didn't know were there i don't know if i'm rambling on something <laughs> but uh, but for me there was some ghosts present <laughs> You're Have you had any ghostly experiences with this kind of? Uh, you're not machine? the first person to say this today. At really? Least. <laughs> um, I did not think much about ghosts, at least yet. But uh, yeah, you, I heard this one already today, uh, already. Um, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought a lot about these uh, conspiracy theories and uh, you know, like all the new wave. Uh, New Age, uh, that's what it's called. New Age, not New Wave. <laughs> new Age uh, kind of approaches that it's like, oh, how do we send uh, waves or like vibrations around us? But like, I really wonder sometimes like how how true this is because like, there's also a lot of I don't know how feasible the research that actually is. But you know, like put your phone next to a plant and the plant dies or like whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but with this, it is like for me, what's super interesting is like, for example, how different that it digital devices sound from the old ones or just pure electricity could you explain the difference between the sounds yeah i mean i think actually the batteries because uh, what i th- i'm pretty sure is happening is that it's uh, like um it's a digital it's a binary signal so what you're hearing is like me 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 like it's the same with for example uh, these like new types of stoves so they're actually just giving you like a pulse yeah induction stoves uh, induction yeah. stoves yeah exactly um, so that's I think that's what happened with the batteries and I mean it's just like all these screens they operate at a super high frequency so that's why you're hearing a super high frequency mm, but uh, yeah it makes me think like how how if it affects us any differently or if we like can actually sense it without it without a device like this so one uh, last question before um, I let you go because we have a schedule that needs to move on and we have the next host almost ready in the background to uh, to jump on the radio. How has it been for you to be here at uh, Stroa Tracks this year? Uh, I think it's been a really nice program of uh, really interesting sound art and a lot of uh, both yeah installations and performances that approach it approach sound art in a very different and exciting manner. Any particular highlights? Uh, I I mean, now on the top of my mind is Melia's performance this morning, which I think uh, is like a very beautiful... Uh, I was saying this to her, I find it hard to call this a composition because it's uh, it feels very spontaneous and organic, but... Uh, Melia's walking by eating oh. ice cream. Oh, Melia's <laughs> just here. <laughs> Apparently she is uh, out there. <laughs> well, that's a bit creepy. Now she's hearing herself on the PA in the middle of Struer. 
no, I thought it, I thought it was very beautiful how like organic and present it is, but it's very much about yeah, but like listening to the environment and tuning into things, and I think she did it in a very beautiful way that is really much it's so much about the sound beyond any kind of music or composition and i think that's like very important that Stuart tracks is capturing this in its essence that is like the actual difference between sound art and music composition or that's a great uh, note to end it off on Soli, thank you so much for uh, visiting our studio and uh, letting me do the recording of your piece uh, earlier i wish you a uh, a great last day of the festival. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We are almost about to switch back to Danish, og det vil jeg gøre sådan her. Vi er på den sidste sending af Stroer Tracks Festivalen. Hej. Jamen, jeg sender radio herindefra. Ja, ja. Jeg kan godt uh, se, om der kommer noget musik lige om lidt, tror jeg. Det må du gerne. Vi skal til at sende det sidste program. Ja, det regner. Vi er ikke på fjernsyn, det er bare radio. Vi skal lige til at lave et værtsskifte herinde, så jeg, jeg kommer til lige at skifte over her. Vi har sendt live i flere dage nu her fra Rådhus i eller Rådhuspladsen i Struer. Og øh, vi har været vidt omkring, sendt øh, mange ting, mange interviews og mange optagelser. Og øh, en ting, vi skal huske at minde jer om her til sidst, det er, at alle de programmer, som vi har haft sendt live, de altså vil være mulige at finde på podcast efterfølgende. Og det kan man inde på thelakeradio.com eller man kan gøre det på Soundcloud eller iTunes, der hvor man ligesom finder sin podcast normalt. Vi er ved at være klar til at stille om til Tjest, som er det sidste segment i dag. Vi kører lige en lille skiller imellem med en hilsen fra Karen nede fra Shortwave Collective. Hi, this is Karen from Shortwave Collective, and you're listening to The Lake Radio. Ray, 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 it's just a really nice sound and like a ray of sunshine and like a ray of sunshine radi- radiating. I've just been listening to this wonderful talk talking about radiant radio as um, in contrast to resonant radio. So I love thinking about ray, the warmth of a ray of light. And radio is, of course, um, connected to the light spectrum. They share the electromagnetic spectrum. Ray, I think of like something that's traveling across, maybe through, through something like the word ray. There's just something connecting us. And it's a little bit, it's invisible, like a sound wave. 
Um, and re, and then we shouldn't neglect the do. Do. We've been talking about the diode. The do. Do is two. So I think it's like sending and receiving. <laughs> so there's some associating. My heels and perfume. I want it all. Buy me a lollipop. Drop it, baby. Leather in Brooklyn. I want it all. I want it all. Tell me I'm sweet. Eat me like a lollipop. I want it all. I want it all. Are listening to the Lake Radio. You are listening to the Lake Radio. Live from Stuart Tracks. Mm-hmm. 